0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Accenture's podcast, bringing new ideas to life. Our episodes will feature discussions on topics ranging from knowledge exchange and commercialisation, innovation process cultures, accelerator programmes, social impact in the arts, humanities and social sciences, capacity building and entrepreneurial support, plus an awful lot more. To kick off, we have a three-part series discussing IP strategy with Dom Isley, co-founder of Impact IP, the Innovation Intellectual Property Law Practice, and Bruno Reynolds, Managing Consultant at Oxentia. In this first episode, they will explore why your business should have an IP strategy, how do you identify IP, and how do you protect it. We hope you enjoy.
1: Why should a company have an IP strategy? Well, I think you've hit the, the nail on the head already,
2: uh, Bruno, by saying it's the word why, isn't it? So all, all companies generate IP all the time, especially in our, sort of, in our space. Um, but they don't necessarily always think about what they're going to do with it. Um, why are they developing IP? What's the, the end game? Uh, what's the commercial strategy of the company? And the IP should support that. So, all companies generate IP, but it's finding the best ways to protect individual bits of IP um, as the process sort of develops in the company
1: and the products and services that it sells develops. Sure. So, there must be some sort of internal process then that companies have in order to identify um, bits of IP that are valuable and worth protecting Yeah. and, and, and presumably the majority of IP that shouldn't necessarily require spending money on to protect. Yeah, exactly right. So I think there are some basics,
2: you know, uh, overall, which would be, you know, keep everything as secret as possible for as long as possible, Um, you know, record your know-how, train your staff, think about when's the right time to file patents um, uh, and various other things like that. But don't get sucked into thinking that IP is just patents. You know, there's a there's a whole world yeah. of other IP out there, and most of the high value com- most of the vi- high value IP that a company generates will probably never be
1: patented. And so, sure. it's about realizing that, that value. Sure. You said you meant you mentioned just then um, staff training as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, is this um, this is something? That you think is quite important then for most companies to do, so that they they understand where potentially valuable IP is coming from, um, and how it's treated by the company. Yeah, is there something also that you think is important for like staff contracts so that they understand um, different forms of IP, like know-how and trade secrets, and and how the company yeah deals with those.
2: I, th- I think that's right. Just. Um, this- you know, I think there's a saying somewhere in one of the management store- books about, you know, what happens if we, are, if we train our staff and they leave, and someone says, well, what happens if we don't train our staff and they stay? So I'm yes. generally in favour of, of learning and training, but specifically with respect to training on IP, I think it's, it's important for everyone in the company to understand that, that the IP they generate belongs to the company, doesn't necessarily belong to them. It's important for people to understand the role of consultants and how their IP Mm -hmm. may or may not belong to the company that's commissioning them. Um, I think it's important for people to understand the role of confidentiality in their work and what they can take as their experience and what they can't take as the confidential information of their current employer to their next employment and how when they join the company they shouldn't bring... IP from their previous employer in because you don't want
1: yeah. to That's a question that I'm, I'm, I'm frequently asked about yeah. uh, with, you know, from, from academics and, and yeah. people setting up their companies is, yeah. is this difference between confidential information trade secrets that might be owned by their <coughs> employer yeah. and the know-how that they've developed during their work yeah. the, um, the position that some people find themselves in is can I actually even leave my current employer because they own all of the IP including my know-how yeah, um, which of course isn't isn't true. People can move from one company oh, to course. another yeah. company, but how do you distinguish between IP confidential information that's owned by an employer and know-how that's owned by the individual?
2: I, th- I think so. The, f- the first thing is that any any IP, including know-how, that's mm-hmm. confidential, well, any IP that you generate during the course of your employment belongs to Your employer—that's just the rule, the rule of the land. It's um, it's also written into your employment contract, but actually, it's in the statute, UK statute book as well. Um, What people—I'm not an HR lawyer—but what people can take with them is their experience. Yeah. And you know, there might be restrictive covenants about who they can work for, but that's kind of separate. What they can bring is their experience, but what they can't take is the confidential information of. One employer to the to the next employer, yeah. and maybe one way to think about that is experience is solving a similar problem in a similar way, but confidential information which you can't take is solving the same problem in the same way. Sure, and I think a lot of people have sort of common sense about that. You can't just walk into a competitor and say, "Oh, my previous company used to do it exactly like this." You know, people, yeah. people people know. But also, the other thing is that. If that information then goes into the public domain, then yeah. it's free for anyone to use so for instance if you so someone someone said to me, oh you know I, I, everything that I worked on in my in my PhD I can't bring to my next employer it's like well if that PhD was published, everything in that PhD is now in the public domain and is therefore free to use by anyone inclu- including you yeah. so there's a difference between experience and confidential information but then people have to un- understand that confidential information has to be confidential and therefore that's not always the case over its entire lifetime. It might start off being confidential and end up being public.
1: Whether, yeah, whether it's been put in the public domain legally or not, y- yeah. but once it's in the public domain it's out there, you can't get it back. Get back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll be back with the next part where we'll be looking more at the external environment and how you manage to explore the patent barriers that may exist in your market. And as ever, we would love to answer any questions you might have on this episode or, or any of our episodes in future. So you can contact us by emailing ideaspod at You can also find us on LinkedIn and Twitter and also at Thanks very much. Bye for now.